Good morning. I come to you plying the 100th edition of Straight Talk, the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 1-800-905-0989, the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. There is a podcast now, or audio on demand, or whatever you want to call it, on the WORD Odyssey website and also on the Odyssey app doing everything I can here to be in your face on a constant basis, in addition to the 100,000-watt signal that uh, we seem to be taking over our particular signal path with extreme prejudice. We have, uh, we have two sets of laws in the United States today, two sets of laws, and that's a problem. Now, let's, uh, as we become unrecognizable, we need to Let's take stock. Like, let's talk about storing classified paperwork. Now, there's a outside chance that Donald Trump might go to prison for removing contested White House files to his home. The only problem is that when he did it, he was president. He can just declassify anything he wants at that time as president. He's the only one in that position in the United States that can do it. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is exempt from this. He is exempt altogether. He had classified information as a senator and as a vice president. He did not have any right to have that as a senator and a vice president. Now, as president, he can declassify files. But up to this point, he's doing the same thing, has the same thing going on as Donald Trump. Donald Trump has had his house raided, and uh, the FBI has not come in. If they've done anything, they just simonized that Corvette that was in the uh, garage. Strangely, they revealed, his, his legal team, they revealed the unlawful removals after years of silence, and they found themselves in the untenable position of prosecuting the former president for crimes that the current president is committing, which are not actually crimes. Albeit the former, the, the current president, the current resident, rather, he's been doing it for a while. Then there's impeachable phone calls. Uh... He was impeached by a Democratic House for delaying foreign aid until the Ukrainian government guaranteed that Hunter Biden and his family was no longer engaged in corrupt influence peddling in Kiev. That's all that was about. And they charged Trump as targeting Joe Biden, his possible 2020 rival. And yet, prior to this, Biden got out there with impunity, bragged he fired a prosecutor looking into his own son's schemes by promising to cancel outright American foreign aid. So he did the same thing again. And the Biden administration's Justice Department is now targeting Trump, currently the front-running challenger to Biden in 2024. Election denialism. This is a charge that he's, uh, you know, I mean, didn't I, I, haven't I been listening to this since Hillary Clinton's been on the scene? Didn't she claim that Trump was illegitimate? Didn't I hear that? Jack Smith has decided to bring that one. This is supposedly conspiratorially unlawfully discounting legitimate votes. Is that a law? Is that even a statute? Is he also going to indict Stacey Abrams? You know, she claimed that she was the real governor of Georgia. She toured the country in hopes of discounting the state vote count. Or maybe he was referring to the conspiracist and former president, Jimmy Carter. He alleged that Trump in 2016 lost the election and was put in office because the Rus Russians interfered on his behalf. 
Is he going to charge Hillary Clinton? She serially libeled Trump as an illegitimate president. Maybe the Hollywood crowd. Lots of actors cut commercials after the 2016 election, begging viewers to pressure the electors to ignore their constitutional duty and swing their ballots to Hillary Clinton, who had not won. Wasn't that insurrectionary? Was he thinking of January 2005 when the 32 Democratic House members and Senator Barbara Boxer tried to nullify the legally certified vote in Ohio to elect the loser, John Kerry? What about destroying evidence? Now, Trump's been indicted for allegedly attempting to erase video material from his own security cameras in his own house. I do that every day. <laughs> Is that illegal? Because I'm, I'm guilty. Hillary Clinton has in, you know, she, she was beating on blackberries with hammers. Trump was indicted for supposedly loosely talking about classified material to visitors at home. Is that a violation of security? And will these indictments also extend to Hillary Clinton? Because she sent classified documents illegally over her unsecured private server. Former director of the FBI, James Comey, memorialized the confidential president uh, conversation. Then he deliberately leaked what properly was a classified document to the media. And this was all to prompt an appointment of a favorable special prosecutor. And then there's subversion of the electoral process. Donald Trump was indicted for supposedly undermining the election of 2020 by questioning the integrity of the balloting. 2016, Hillary Clinton hired uh, Christopher Steele and Igor Danchenko to compile falsehoods about Trump. She hid her payments behind three paywalls, and her team, along with the FBI, helped leak the counterfeit dossier to the media and subvert the election itself. Or how about lying and perjury? Two Trump aides and Trump himself are indicted for supposedly stonewalling federal investigators by claiming either amnesia or ignorance. And this is what James Comey did 245 times under oath before Congress. And what do former uh, DNI James Clapper, former director of CIA John Brennan, and former interim FBI director Andrew McCabe all have in common? They all admitted that they flagrantly lied under oath to Congress or to federal investigators. Never indicted at all for their false and perjurious testimonies. This is all happening because this guy, Trump, who wants to be president again, has never done anything in politics before, only knows how to do things in business, brought a businessman's acumen into the Oval Office. Uh, the pathological hatred and fear of Donald Trump is so thick with the left and in some cases with the right, it is palatable. They have now crafted a one set of laws for themselves and for us, because Donald Trump is our figurehead, our avatar. Quite smugly, they believe that they are morally superior, and this grants them the right to apply law unequally. Or just to ignore it when they want to. And that this is all to retain power at all costs, at any cost, to destroy a political rival. 
They are systematically dismantling the constitutional foundation of the United States as we once knew it. And they're doing it in real time and we're watching. So a very simple question. A very simple question on this one. Um, do you understand why this is so dangerous? If what, what makes this so dangerous is if we get to the point where we have no recourse at all, no recourse as far as, you know, trying to participate in government, which is that that's what we do. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to participate in government, self-governance, you know, government by the consent of the government of the governed rather. Um, we're trying to do all that. And if we don't get to do that, if we get this all taken away from us, what's next? Where do we go? We'll have our backs against the wall. We're going to have to come out swinging and then it's going to get bloody and it's going to get bad. And I don't know. I don't know. The interesting, the most interesting thing about this is all these people, they just don't understand how precarious their position, uh, how precarious their position is. And how easily, how, how easy it would be to take them apart piece by piece. They, they don't get that. One thing they've done, though, one thing they've opened up is now something is going to have its day in court. They've said, all, all together, it hadn't been there yet. It's coming now. They have opened that door, and Trump's going to step through it. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. All right. Every now and again, <clears throat> so your enemy is going to make a, uh, a massive mistake. They're going to make a massive mistake. And certain things are going to come from that. <clears throat> and whenever they do that make, that make that mistake, you should just let them. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. As... Uh, Here's the thing about Trump. Trump has driven everybody crazy. He's driven them crazy. Now, the way he drives me crazy is he gets out there and he does some things. And I'm like, you know, this is really unforced, Mr. President. Why are you doing this? And I know why he's doing it, because he has this raging ego. I get it. I understand it. He likes to tweet. He likes to truth social. And he likes to do all this stuff. He likes He likes people looking at him. But you know what else he does? He loves the country. And he loves the people of the country. Loves them. And this also has driven the Democrats mad. And a lot of Republicans have a self-induced Trump derangement syndrome. So they have abandoned all rationality. And, and, and real-time common sense. As they double down because they got to get Trump on something, anything. So we have an indictment of him for failure to accept the results of the election. This is a mindless indictment. It's a stupid indictment because uh, the stupidity of this is the ones who wrote this or who rave about it boggles the imagination. This is a bunch of college graduates, right? Higher education people. The ones that we envy so much because of their education, right? Look up to them and all this other stuff. These guys are completely out of touch with reality. Now, according to the indictment, the grounds for prosecuting Trump are that he did not tell the truth about the legality of votes cast in that election 
and so acted fraudulently and in bad faith. I didn't know that there was a law against that. That's item number one. That there may be, I don't know. But if there is, I need to see it. But this gives him a very powerful defense. Because the truth has come out about that. We know that now. We know it. He now has the right to argue in court for the first time ever that he told the truth about the 2020 presidential election. Now, in the previous cases brought in state courts to show fraud in the acceptance of ballots, he and his supporters were plaintiffs. So they had the duty to come forward with the clear evidence of fraud and enough to get to a trial. And they did not have it as it was in the possession of local election officials who did not turn it over to Trump. And as a result, judges refused to let those cases go to trial where evidence would be presented to a jury for their consideration because there was no evidence physically there. And until now, there's been no court examination of relevant evidence on the legality of ballots counted and no court determination that the election was either fair or fraudulent. Now, in order to find Trump guilty, the federal government has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the election was fair and full of integrity. And as defendant in a criminal case, he's presumed innocent and has the right to introduce evidence contradicting their accusation that he was a liar. Which now means that he has access to all of the evidence that the prosecution has. So he gets to put on the stand local election officials to testify under oath whether each vote counted under their supervision was cast by a living person. And if they can't prove the validity of votes for Biden, then he will vindicate his assertion about the relative lack of integrity and fairness and of the presidential election. He can put Mark Zuckerberg on the stand to testify how much money he gave to finance the collection of ballots by Democrat operatives and how that operation worked in practice. He can introduce into this the 2000 Mules documentary. He can make a national spectacle of Democrats scheming and manipulation of ballots cast. And now the Democrats, because of this, because they put, and they did this. This is what they did. They couldn't sit back and just go, well, he's not president anymore. Thank God. That's that's what you would have thought they would have done. Just move on. Just move on. They moved on after Bush. They moved on after Reagan. Well, they didn't move on after Reagan because then we got Bush one. If they can't prove the legality of sufficient votes for Biden, then they would have no evidence that the election was actually honestly conducted and fair. And there would be no evidence to justify calling him a liar, and the grounds for his indictment would disappear into thin air, which is where it came from in the first place. And it's just another big line narrative made up by the progressive left. These guys didn't have to push this, but they're so intent... This is one of those, you know, uh, when 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 I played baseball when I was a kid, you remember we used to do the uh, what do we call it, the, the where we get up there, 
Come on, batter, 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 swing, batter. You know that thing that uh, trying to get the trying to distract whoever was at bat. Um, sometimes that would work, and we would get the batter to swing at stuff that was just horrible. But most of the time, it didn't. It didn't work. But this is what they. This is this is what's happened to them. We have Trump has basically gotten out there and gone batter, 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 swing, batter, and they've lost their mind. They've lost their mind. They've lost their mind so much that they have put up a blunder, which is going to be this indictment. And in this indictment, all of this stuff gets to be brought to light. It's as valid as Alvin Bragg's indictment. And I mean, you know, when you got Turley and Dershowitz looking at it, and I mean, Dershowitz and Turley, these guys are not captains, conservative one and two. These guys are—they're leftists. Well, they're—they're they're liberal Democrats. They're a true liberal Democrat. Okay, they believe in getting to a goal a different way than I do. The democratic way, but they're liberal Democrats in that they are true liberals. They believe in liberty and justice for everybody. So they're telling when they give you their opinion. This is coming from a source that most people, you know, I would find that unimpeachable. So we're going to see now on the text line. Bill, by then the Democrats will have stolen the election and packed the courts and we will lose again. <laughs> How's that going to happen exactly? They're, they're going to do it the same way they did it last time? Nobody's paying attention to that now, right? Nobody in the state, the, the legislatures of Pennsylvania and Michigan and all these other places, uh, they're not paying any attention to that, right? Don't get too distracted by the, some of the things you think that are going to happen. Just go vote. Just go vote, because now this is going to come to light. I think they actually have a date for this trial for August 28th. I want all of these trials to come up and get pounded, because they will. And then we can move on. Now, social media and your government, how bad is it? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD the voice of the Carolinas. All right. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. It's streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcast is up on the Odyssey app and at WORD989.com. Which comes, how does that, how is that actually listed wildcard? Is it 989WORD or the other way around? I believe it's 989 WRD. That's what it should okay. be. But it's on that website because uh, Wildcard's the one that sticks them in there on a daily basis. Now, now for all of you that were looking for this. Um, Thomas Jefferson, he was not a fan of newspapers. And uh, in his time, he saw the newspapers as a check on government. He was asked about choosing between government without newspapers and newspapers without government. He answered that he would hesitate to choose the latter. He would not hesitate. He preferred, he wasn't really a big fan of government either, I don't think. But um, his observation reflected this. Uh, newspapers were the dominant medium of his day. And the analog to what we have today is social media, TV, all this other stuff. And secondly, he profoundly suspected government and he saw newspapers as a check on unfettered power. Now today, he would be very upset because media and social media are the ally of the government now. 
And we know this because of the release of the Twitter files and the Facebook documents that the Judiciary Committee obtained and other damning social media discoveries. We know that the White House, also known as the Democrat Party, and an assortment of the uh, alphabet agencies have persistently exerted very heavy-handed influence, uh, including payoffs to control information on social media. We haven't seen what's coming. There's stuff coming from Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft as well. We finally have confirmed suspicions, which for years have been discounted by the Democrats and the social media as conspiracy theories. Um, we know now that there were shadow banning. Yes, we know that Russians were not overwhelming us with this information. And we know that people were being deplatformed, censored, and locked away out of their accounts. Now, how big of a deal was this really? Uh, you, you, you have to have a handle on social media significance and influence overall nowadays. And few Americans do. They believe that it's just another iteration of media evolution. See, this is about the flow of information, okay? And whoever controls the flow of information probably controls the information as well. The balance of power, you you know, in, in certain, like in, uh, in, in the guns segment, it used to be in the written word, but it's not no more. In politics, it used to be in-person speeches, but it's not no more. For storytelling, it used to be books, but it's not no more. Radio used to be the only medium available to people. There was no TV. Everything was radio. We had the news via the radio. We had the drama. We had the entertainment. Newspapers may have been the dominant medium in Jefferson's day. They were not pervasive, though. A very small portion of the population actually had access to newspapers. And word of mouth still represented a powerful competitor. Now, as it became more pervasive, uh, so did the emergence of alternative media like radio and television. But since the internet, now with the internet, you can have all of it. All of it in the palm of your hand. And uh, particularly over the last decade, the significance of virtually all other media has been diminished dramatically by a new competitor, which is the digital Leviathan. Now, of course, all of these things feed into it. All of this content feeds into it. Although one thing that has happened now is like, if you want to be a news commentator, then go get on YouTube, start a channel and be a news commentator. And you can do it just as good as anybody on TV can do. We know that because during the COVID lockdowns, they were doing it from home. Just as good as they, you know. You can do it with a mirrorless camera. You don't need everything that they've got nowadays. And whether the digital format is audio or video or news websites or advertising or social media, it is expanding. And old world media has been relegated to niche or dying. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have the audience that I have, for example, with the gigantic combat radio signal, but because of the internet, 
There's people listening all over the United States, maybe even the world, for all I know. Pew tells us that more than 8 out of 10 people get their news digitally from their smartphone, computer, or tablet. But what is social media? Is it just a influential channel impact, impacting the flow and the opinion? Not quite. It's actually the 800-pound gorilla in the rapidly shrinking cage. With the advent of the smartphone, American usage rocketing from 5% in 2005 to over 70% today. And 38% of all internet time today is devoted on the phone to social media. And like if you have uh, if you have an Apple system, and maybe if you have Android as well, it'll tell you how much time you're spending on there. But uh, we, according to Pew, we spend one third of our waking hours on our mobile phones, about four point one hours per day, with seven out of every ten minutes spent on social media. Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp, and remains the social media king. That's fifty three percent of all usage. In the book, The Four, Scott Galloway calls Facebook the most successful thing in the history of humankind. 74% of Facebook's nearly 3 billion users visits the site daily, and more than half of them visit it several times a day. Now, I used to use Facebook for rediscovering old friends, and I have rediscovered quite a few of them, and I've reconnected with them, and it's stupendous, right? It's great. But beyond that, as far as Facebook being a thing where I actually use that for news, um, what I get instead when I look at this is I see what is the opinion of various people that I may be, quote, friends with on Facebook. This is what they think is news. And it is something that is something I can consider. I can look at it this thing and say, oh, I didn't know that. Social media, it is a leviathan without a doubt. And it is, uh, well, I don't think Jefferson would like it the way it is. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I'm going to lay something on you right now that you probably don't consider on a daily basis, but you should. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcast Straight Talk Podcast is up on the Odyssey app, as is Lock and Load with Bill Frady. So there you go. I give you five hours of content a day. No waiting. Of course, I, I do no giveaways. Sorry about that. One of the things, the, the thing that may, gives meaning to our planet is mankind. Right now, there's 8 billion souls on this planet. But overall, there has it is reckoned there have been 27 billion people over the course of human existence on the planet. We are the most important things on it. We are filled with hope and joy and pain and disappointment and life. This human life is what gives meaning to this. Human beings are the culmination of a process, you know. And despite the belief of climate alarmists that the earth is overpopulated, that we should be made to feel guilty for using resources, you have a right to live securely. And uh, comfortably. 
And right now, technology being the way it is, doing so means you've got to burn some fossil fuel. So watching a 14-year-old gymnast or a spelling bee winner or a superb tennis player still in his teens, as were Federer and Nadal and Al Alcaraz when they become champions, this is the beauty and the future of mankind. And we're faced with just, gosh, such a wide array of challenges. Uh, economic recessions, wars, social unrest. There'll be more of that to come. We don't use, what do we use, 10% of our brain function? Look at how innovative and creative we are and how, how well we adapt and survive. And barring an all-out nuclear war or a virus that is so deadly that few of us would survive it, it's very likely we're going to continue to grow and develop. I myself am unconcerned about global catastrophes that I cannot control. But I do think about what life was like for those that came before us. What was the existence for the Neolithic humans at the end of the Great Ice Age? What was life like for the ordinary Egyptian under the Pharaoh? What did the early settlers face on the American frontier? My grandfather and grandmother on my father's side were sharecroppers. The forebear of the Freddy name was shanghaied by the British and brought over here to fight the uh, Revolutionary War. And as soon as he uh, sobered up, he, he split. He, he, he wasn't down for that. Ended up in North Carolina. At one point, my family owned a little bit of the land. Supposedly, this is what I'm told, that the, uh, the, the, the Biltmore House now sits on. I don't know how much. I don't, I'm not going to be rolling in there going, you know, I own this. But the, the very interesting, that's just my father's side of the family. Just my father's side of the family. So, you know, thinking about what their existence has been like and seeing some of the things, I have certain, you know, certain objects from that time. And knowing that they survived the various things they faced. And my grandparents were never, ever, even anywhere close to affluent. I have old ration books from World War II from 1943. All of the coupons are still in them because they couldn't afford to buy anything because they were sharecroppers. Around 60% of the world's population today goes without indoor plumbing. 13% lack electricity. The comforts of modern life depend on fossil fuel which supply cheap and reliable power for all of our needs. So it bugs me when Antonio Gutierrez complains about the Earth's climate having reached a boiling point. Because my grandparents endured much more in the 30s. I grew up as a child. I remember being in Columbia very early on at 7208 Sunview Drive with no air conditioning. My father bought an air conditioner for the wall. It was miraculous. Then he put central heating and air in, and it was even better. But I remember existing without that. I remember existing with just fans in the windows and doors open and screen doors and all this other stuff. I doubt if Secretary Gutierrez has driven a tractor from dawn till dusk or maybe been behind a team of mules or ever had to budget every dollar. 
probably never grown his own food. He's never fought in a war. But what makes him, what makes this planet worth living on? What make, what gives it meaning is the fact that it, you and I, mankind, we inhabit it. So I go and I say, have a very good weekend. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.